comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Walking Dead TV podcast episode two ninety two. Welcome back is the way you yeah. say. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, back. welcome back. Welcome back. Sit on the good couch. <laughs> it's the it's the uh, Welcome Back Cotter podcast. Yeah. I would uh, be down for that. <laughs> now we're going to discuss the existential dilemma of Mister Arnold Horshack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Kata, you're alive. Another, another, in another, in another, uh, in another time. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about, Russ? We are. <laughs> we have. We have TV to talk about. We have new stuff. We've got. It's a twofer tonight on uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast, and it's probably going to be a twofer for some time to come. So, <laughs> um, lot to discuss. First up will be. So the two things we'll be talking about are, the Walking Dead. The main mm-hmm. show, I've season ten, that. episode sixteen, a certain doom. I'm not and... familiar. What's that show? <laughs> yeah, it's a little show. You know, I've it's heard, just... I think I might have heard of it. I don't know. Go yeah, on, it's, please. It's, it's you know, it's it's still you know getting off the ground and you know trying to find its legs. Uh, and then the second thing we'll be talking about is Walking Dead: The World Beyond, uh, season one, episode one, Brave. Isn't it Walking Dead: Colon World Beyond? From, uh, in out I always forget rules, the colon. Yes, that is the, uh, I'm just checking. <laughs> I always forget because, the colon. I mean, I mean, remember all we went through with Red Machete. Yes. <laughs> Can't have that again. We don't want that fiasco again. I mean, that costs lives. Yes. Yeah. But hey, it's the, what do they call it? I heard somebody call it the, the Fonale. The Fonale. Yes, as we will be getting six more episodes of uh, of season 10 as, as the quote epilogue whatever that means we've interrupted russ so much he did not introduce us at this point yes (laughs) full house i introduced myself i got myself in before you guys started doing your thing but it's aaron newworth richard sheldon jim Dietz, and daryl taylor we're all here okay back back to it (laughs) hey i know i know you guys heard about what i did back in omaha okay but don't hold that against me Oh, don't worry, we won't. It, once again, this week proves that Nebraska is just a terrible place to go in the Walking Dead universe. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. It's it was not a, good... a place to go in the actual universe. <laughs> There's support yeah. to be made there, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty flat. No. Uh, but we pick up with the main show uh, pretty much right where we left off, with the Horde approaching the, the 
the um the compound and um just it starts off with just a lot of chaos like everybody's running around um trying to trying to figure out what's what's going on as the as the horde comes and then they do this little like i guess montage of where everybody's at and what everybody's doing and of course we see maggie uh, i mean considering the break i'm sorry to interrupt you yet again russ but considering the break and everything that was excellent i'm so glad they did the little thing at the beginning kind of touch base with everybody you know just show everybody where show remind the viewer where everybody was you know in relation to one another yeah. Not, not, not only did I like it, I liked what Seth Gilliam was doing as Gabriel. He was bringing it this episode and the bits that he had to do. And I liked his talking to, you know, Judith about like what were like the fingers and we have to bring it all together. And, and then he like, he nailed like, you know, where everybody is. And he says like the others, the other ones who are out there as well. And then we'll, I mean, you're getting to it, but we'll get to like Maggie and mm-hmm. the masked ninja character that we're going to introduce yeah. to the show. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get caught up on, where everybody else is is at and what they're doing and right. um he did love he did hate yeah eugene and his crew with you know with them moving on and daryl and carol and and all them kind of getting coming back in and, uh, and, and virgil and apparently yeah, yeah. Virgil sh- showed up at oceanside yeah wow and then of course you know we see him at the at the end uh, that was a that was a tease that would yeah, check sure. Chekhov's Virgil I guess mm-hmm. yeah. um, but then right before the cold open we see that th- this is a mighty horde like this is a this is this is this is like more massive than the quarry horde it looks like like this is uh, this is pretty big. Um, certainly, a, certainly a threat. That's for sure. Like I, yes. we've seen a lot of hordes on this show, and this one's like, yeah, all right, it's another one of these big ones. And it's sort given the surroundings that, given the uh, what the uh, the hospital that they're stationed in, yeah, seeing this kind of giant thing, like encircling of them through this giant, yeah, it's it's significant. We're sure. talking, uh, you know, Beyonce headlining at Coachella horde. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of those. <laughs> but um, I did. I do have to say though, I remember the with the quarry, we all remarked about how like some of the CGI zombies did not look that great I, this looked better to me than that as far as the cgi portion portion of the giant horde um it looked a little better than that it looks like they have advanced their uh, cgi horde technology as you were yeah horde, horde tech has improved in the last few years yeah it's been five years or whatever since that premiere so we've had some time to improve our our horde cg which i i don't know if that you know having the extra time to work on it helped but i mean by the end, when you have this kind of slow motion look at CG zombies falling off a cliff, you probably want that to not, not to look shitty, right? So good on them. You know, they made it work out. Yeah. Um, so after the cold open, we come back to you. Whether it was CGI or the practical, effect, they killed it with this episode. It was off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely looked good. It tearing apart those bodies. So did anybody think it's we didn't actually see Eugene like eat shit on his bike, did we? I mean, like, no, I that thought was I'd weird. There is a couple like jarring edits as far as like mm-hmm. stuff that happens that seems like it's implied or we yeah, just kind of get it. Yeah, Eugene's stunt because it was a mess. <laughs> and part <laughs> of me is like, footage. part uh-huh. of me was like, well, it's not one of these like overlong supersized episodes. So I'm kind of happy we sort of trimmed the fat in a lot of ways this week. 
But there's it's that moment and another moment later on in the episode where I'm like, I probably could have used a couple more minutes to clarify what just happened here. Yeah. I felt like they only had him like wreck his bike to uh like strengthen his resolve. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's like, Oh no, I'm gonna quit, blah 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 and then Ezekiel comes and is like, Nope, you know. Was it what, a whole bit about it? In my moment of doubt, you did not waver or something like that. Well, reasoning yeah. wise, yes, that makes sense. It's more by Russ. You're talking about like we just straight up don't see what the hell happened, and he's right. just like, "What happened to the bikes?" So like, it's like, yeah. it's just like <laughs> you see, you don't see the action, but you see the, the result. Yeah, yeah. And it just like weirdly cuts to it. That's the thing, right? It just like, yeah. That's that's that what I thought was gone. <laughs> was odd. It's just like it's it's just kind of out of nothing. It, it's one of those moments where you're like. Did that happen at the end of the last episode, and I just forgot? Like, and they're just picking it up from that I moment. Thought it did. No, I, they just they got no, on the bike. I, don't remember that. I, I remember even when my my the like after the review part, I wrote like my little show notes, and one of my notes was, "I look forward to seeing Eugene and the bikes next week." And, and so, like, lo and behold, we get that for like all of a second, and then the next scene is we crash the bike. Yeah. Like, yeah, who can remember that was at least five years ago, that last episode, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a while. Yeah, it's, it seems it's like it. Long it right? feels like it. Um, but Ezekiel gives a good little speech to kind of pep him up and get him, you know, get Eugene back in the game. And they all, you know, kind of raise him up to, to kind of to say, look, you know, we're, we're just going to go. And, you know, if if it's meant to be that she's, you know, there, then she'll be there. And so. I really liked Ezekiel in this scene. I think Carrie Payton really crushed this part there. It was really good. Yeah. I, of, the, of the two shows we're talking tonight where there's a lot of speechifying, this is the better episode. Oh, man. For sure. Let's get, uh, can we get back to the Mass Ninja now? Yeah. <laughs> this guy shows up. and I'll, I'll, let me, I'll give the show this. I remember being complaining about, like, what, Alden and Aaron, like, very closely following Beta, and then it's like a shock that they get captured. But they didn't throw a wrench into this. It's not them getting captured. It's Mask Ninja comes along and saves the day. What's going on with Mask Ninja? Thoughts? Thoughts I on this? I think it's either a, a guy who has a session with Casey Jones from the Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. or it's some past character we haven't seen forever, and they're just you know waiting to do a big reveal in the season opener or something. Maybe it's um, uh, Heath or somebody. What, Heath became a ninja now? He's hiding a lot of hair under that mask. (laughs) He's been training and preparing. It's one of those, well, we haven't, we don't know who we want to cast in this role. Therefore, he had to become more. I was going to say it was Jim from season one. He didn't actually die from his bite. He was the only one who could survive. Uh, (laughs) He wanted to be cool. He's immune. He's been spending this whole time tracking them down. Well... But back at the compound, um, everybody's pretty cold towards Carol. Like, they realize that you're the one. Yeah, like her recklessness and her, mm-hmm. um, you know, she she got people killed and she yeah. you know, bad things happened because of you her. blew up Connie. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, refresh me, because this is something I was trying to track again. What thing exactly are they mad at her? I know why Daryl's mad. Because the hilltop fell and Negan was with them. So they're mad at her because she arranged this whole plan? Yeah, I think it's multiple things. It's one, it's them getting hosed up in the caves, right, that caused all that problem. It's the fact that she... she 
what is the timeline there? How long from from the point that the end of this episode happens? How long has it been since the cave thing? Because um, I want to say I want to break, but it just feels like it's been weeks. No, I don't think no, I want to say a week no, at most. At most, a yeah. week at most. But then yeah. I have to think about how long's Negan been with them. That's the other thing. Because we didn't, you know, there could be some time there. While she was coming to, and generally a person's not going to live without intake of water for more than three days. Yeah, can't well, we don't know when that happened either. Yeah, we don't, yeah, that's pretty disparate as far as how far. Well, that's a good point. It could have been, you know. Uh, yeah, that could have been and the next day. And, and even when we're seeing yeah. her, we're not necessarily seeing her right. You know, it's not like she got blasted out of a cave onto a random forest. Like she had to get there somehow to begin with. So we don't yeah. really know the timeline there. Yeah. Anyway, back to where we were. But yeah, so I think everybody's just kind of perturbed with Carol because of all of that. It's just she she's kind of thrown everybody's safety to the wind because she is so obsessed with getting Alpha. And, and, and when they found out Negan was kind of part of the Hilltop you know, raid that, that didn't do him any favors either, do her any favors either. Um, but no. in a way, I mean, and I get their, their anger, but in a way she really just accelerated what was probably going to unfold anyway. I really don't think them sticking to their borders and nothing happening. I mean, you cannot let a bull loose in a China shop and then put him in the corner and expect them to stay. It's just not going to happen. So, I mean, in a way, I think what she did was probably a good thing. Well, she thought she yeah. went about it in a in a dangerous way. That well, she did prepare them. She did talk to them. She yeah, did she prepare did. them. They have a system of government in place for right. this reason to have these discussions or what have you. And I get she's always I mean, but that goes back to who she is. She's always been pragmatic. Right. There was yeah. the whole mm-hmm. she burned those two characters that we really like that Tyrese was um, involved with one of them. Those two characters right, names, yeah, yeah. whose names we don't even need to say because we already know them. She burned those two people <laughs> and, and then she got kicked out. Then Rick kicked her out for a while. It's the same basic arc, right? As far as she knows what she wants to do. There's a greater good here, but she handles it in a kind of headstrong way because, Hey, I'm Carol and I can do that. That's not necessarily bad ultimately, but it certainly is a bad look when you're, we're trying to create a community here and we want to make these decisions together and all that. But Lydia warms up to her like Lydia tries to reach out and, you know, they kind of have their moment where she's like, look, I'm not looking for another mother. You know, I just I'm I'm just trying to reach out and I understand what you did. And if anybody here that has a reason to hate you, you know, it's definitely me because you, you know, ultimately were responsible for killing my mother. Well, and Um, that's that's the line that I think really sold Carol on opening up to her was the I'm not looking for a mother because Carol has been surrogate mother to how many kids in the zombie apocalypse now? Yeah, we, she and we've did, talked She does another this, right? one to take on. So, I mean, the fact that, I mean, you could see when Lydia first was approaching her that she kind of had this sense of, are you trying to get me to mother you in a way? Just that look on her face. But then when Lydia said that, then you could kind of see Carol relax and then you know, start to open up. There's also that weird resentment of Lydia's mother is responsible for the death of her latest surrogate child, right? So it's right. There's a lot well, of complications. She's responsible there. for the death of Lydia's mother. 
Right, more, but Negan, Albeit, I mean, Negan more so, and, you know, yes, again, she, yes. she did. Yeah, those three, and that's what makes this work, ultimately. These three characters who have the most drama get the most to work with, and the actors are all doing a great job. Like, I we, we I think we've yeah. talked plenty of times how I think Cassidy McClincy, like, she's done a really good job as this Lydia. Yes. And obviously, obviously, Carol's always great. And then uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, I've really warmed to in this mode, as he's really been able to pl- expand on the character. So, like... There's other people here, but these three are the ones that are like, there's an arc for each of them in this episode that gets closed out for the season. And that's the stuff I really liked here. Yes, for sure. I think the handling of this arc throughout the entire season is probably one of the better arcs that they've laid out. I don't know, since season, since the early, like, Herschel's farm season, you know? That feels good because it's like it's still messy. Like no one's like super happy with these people when everything's done. It's still right. like there's still complications there, and that's more relatable and interesting than just. And then we all made up. <laughs> like that's nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, we had a lot of of hope with the prison, and then the governor, uh, you know, and that didn't quite play out how we quite we weren't very satisfied with that, you know. And then you had um, the saviors and everything, and while I did enjoy it more than some on this podcast, you know, overall there was, it was, did not live up to our expectations, you know, and finally we're to the whisperer and, uh, whisperers and it, it way exceeded my expectations. I mean, and like you said, those story arcs all closing out like that, not leaving anything dangling over to the next season, but still giving us some mystery, like, you know, Casey Jones and all that stuff. Um, but really giving some resolution, you know, instead of gimpling it up. Well, there's an interesting question for all you guys. Do you, we've had, we've seen almost all of the major arcs from the comics at this point, save for the one that's coming. We've right. seen the, uh, what the governor, the prison, the, um, the, the, uh, the saviors, as you said, I guess the Shane arc, I guess is a way to put it. If you want to like, which one do you think has been the most successful in all of these? Because mm. I'm I'm walking away looking at you for know the way they handled, for the way consistency and the way they handled the villains. I'm honestly looking at this arc overall like being the most successful. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean, because there was not some episodes were better than others, but there was not a bad episode this season. There wasn't a, a moment of just you, you feel like it's going down the drain. I think. Um, what's the showrunner's name? Uh, Angela. Yeah, I think she has done a marvelous job with this season, and I don't know if it's my favorite season overall, but I feel like it's the best produced, best written in, as far as the overall story arc of the whispers and everything than than any other season possibly. I, I really did love the first season and and the second season to a point, except for the where Sophia forever, but you know, this by far was a very satisfying week over week episode over episode experience. And I, I really enjoyed it. The rest of you guys, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm not trying to force it. I'm just, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I really, I thought the beginning of the, you know, the, the Negan arc, the Savior's arc was really good. Just kind of the suspense to it, the, you know, when they went on the raid at the, at the, you know, 
uh, radar station or whatever. I think I think a lot of that stuff was really was was pretty well done. And then the lead up to Negan, I think it's just that the I think the all out war stuff just it went a little too long. And I think they just made some strange choices, you know, with it. I, I think it could have been better handled. I, I was never really a fan of the governor stuff. Full stop. Like I just I. You know, I, I just never thought he was a very. Compa- I think it was just not the right choice from an acting perspective. Like, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, th- I think it. I think it ended satisfyingly. I think there was a lot of stuff on the prison that worked very well. Um, but yeah, I think. I think kind of overall, from a start to finish, the way it was handled, the pacing, um, and and what they did with the characters. Yeah, I think overall, from if you're going to look at how they handled an arc from start to finish. I think, yeah, this is probably the best way they've handled, they've handled it, you know, consistency, consistent. Yeah, exactly. Consistently where the other stuff I think was uneven. I think that's the, that's, you know, maybe the, the, what I'm searching for is the other stuff had some, some fairly high highs and at some time, some fairly low lows. So. Yeah, I agree with that. It did feel like this was a more uh, evened out consistent, plan uh it didn't seem like they had any you know they seemed like they had enough time to to work this out and the actors were you know the i i love the lydia stuff the most i think because she's just so good um and she works well well she's like carol she works well with whoever they put with her in the scene so um so yeah, I I I you know I got a I really enjoyed that overall uh, character arc with her and and Carol going through her thing. Just, you know she she's Carol, but um, yeah, seeing her go through the, her change and and coldness and and her and Daryl having to kind of reconnect again because they were out of phase, which you know caused a lot of stuff to happen but yeah I, I enjoyed it um and i think it worked and uh you know the stuff with uh i, I wasn't the greatest fan of alpha um it seemed a little too extra at times but uh but i liked it more than not um and i uh liked how they ended it i think it was a good ending and it and it ended at the right time i'm glad they didn't make it go any longer than it needed to be well i mean look at you the first the first arc they were just kind of setting their pace and it has that derogon kind of glacial uh pacing to it right the whole herschel farm sequence or whatever i really some of my best favorite episodes are in that sequence but then but then like uh what rich was saying you know with the sophia watching looking for sophia for everything it dragged along i think the yeah. point aaron is making and i agree with it is that as seasons go as far as consistently you know keeping you know a, a high a high bar this has been one of the best uh, you know the, i mean you, you know the governor i like the arc but like you know they show sports for denny trejo as the governor i'm sorry he was this what they drew in the comic it would have been perfect you know, the, the Terminus thing, uh, you know, was a lot of lead up to a very quick payoff, you know. And then we had the, you know, the opposite with the, the you know, the prison, right? It took, it's just like, the pacing has been an issue in this show since, for me, day one, you know. And especially with these story arcs, 
it seems like you know this has been the one that's been the most compact where there really hasn't been a you know a wasted episode or an episode that seemed like filler you know things in even in like episodes where it's most of the people talking to each other or, or pieces being moved on the board, at least things were happening, you know? Um, so I definitely agree with what Aaron is saying there. For sure. It's also, it's also tense. That's the other thing I liked about yeah. this whispers mm-hmm. because of the, the nature of the threat and how they're within the walkers. Like they've made the zombies scary again, right? That's something yeah, we talked yeah, about from, yeah. from the get go. As far as mm-hmm. there's, there's a reason to actually worry about the fact that the world's infested with zombies, which I think we got away from for a long time, given how much we were dealing with the savior's bullshit. So it's like getting back to the, you know, the core of this concept is that the world is unsafe to be in. Yes. It's interesting to have other, you know, humans to fight, but at the same time, there are zombies everywhere. I kind of want to be afraid of the zombies every now and then. And I think this, mm-hmm. I think this episode at the show, this, this series of episodes did a good job of balancing that by incorporating the villains literally into the world of the zombies. I know we got away from talking about the episode. I just thought that was an interesting thing. To, no, to no. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, to me, it's more interesting to have those discussions than sometimes, you know, blow by blow. So for, for me, it's either going to be, you know, overall thoughts or talking about mass ninjas. So take your pick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mass ninjas are always good. Is that what we're going to we, we should really come up with a name. I've heard, like, I read like Hoodie Ninja online, but Mouse Ninja, I guess, works too. That, I mean, it's, it's, it rolls off the tongue in my book. <laughs> it's the Mass Ninja. Yeah. Mass Ninja. What is it? What if Toby survived and made his way all the way from California, and that's now a tenured season in the wild against the undead? Oh, it's Toby. Toby. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, yeah. And, I'm, the... I'm going to call him Toby until we know otherwise. Oh, Man, no. if he pulls off that mask, it's... Man. <laughs> That would be a hilarious. And he comes back all cool now. And he has two like two uh, curved blades. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> Give me more of this mass ninja. It's he like the coolest. It was the coolest surprise that I've seen as far yeah. as that kind of thing goes since Michonne emerged on screen. And you're like, it, so even having read the comics, you're like, there's a woman with a samurai sword and two walkers next to her all of a sudden. What's this? And, and we know with no chin. Proficient in. He was proficient in. Nice. Yeah. Remember? And he learned from that stick guy. Yep. Before he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What if the thread that pieces together the entire Walking Dead universe is actually Toby? <laughs> I would be surprised. Well, 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 we're really, well, really, now. What's really going to cook your noodle is that Toby was actually... Uh, trained at an early age by a young T-Dog who used to drive him to school in the school bus. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it all, comes, it all comes together now. <laughs> what if it's T-Dog with red eyes? I mean... So anyway, in this episode, the season <laughs> yeah. finale we've been waiting for months to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, Everyone's so the group is all me. making preparations and they decide that they, they <clears throat> have a... Skinny Luke has a plan. Skinny Luke has a yeah, Skinny Luke has a plan where it's to take all these batteries, a bunch of uh audio equipment mm-hmm. and the wagon, which is of course on the other side of the you know, where the what is it, the other side of the bridge or or whatever. <clears throat> and basically create a diversion loud enough to pull enough of the walkers away that everyone can get out and escape. Um and so that's how they formulate their plan, and of course they're going to do it by gutting it up. Yeah, guts. Yeah, gooping it up. Um, 
Nick, and uh, so Nick Old Man choosing it. Yes, yes. That's a fear um, reference for those that don't listen to those episodes of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, uh, Daryl has a conversation with Negan because he starts. He's like, "Hey, you know, you need to, you know, you need to get your hands dirty or whatever." And and he, Negan goes, "What with fee fi fo asshole out there?" Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that I thought that was pretty good. He's, was he's good. right though, by the way. It's like mm-hmm. don't put Negan out there. That's that's, no, that's no, there's no part of that plan that works. Yeah, Negan sticks out. Like you'll yes. you'll see him. <laughs> yes. No, so the, yeah, the intention Negan is for them for to be able to get out and blend yeah. um, as much as possible because they're in, in addition to a horde of walkers, there are a bunch of whisperers out there um, mm-hmm. to make their escape. Um, I thought this this scene worked really, really well. So they, oh, you know, yeah. they all get gooped up. Um, all your favorite characters, Carol, Daryl, Beatrice, of, of course, Beatrice. Jerry. Right? Well, all of us know Beatrice. <laughs> right. And then they have the Arrow Brigade, uh, Diane and crew up there. I thought that was really cool, like how they're going out there. And then, a, you know, they see a, a, a whisper, you know, come up and then. You know, Gabriel and them are are scouting out, and uh, Lydia's kind of calling out, you know, which one she knows to be, because obviously she's got a pretty keen eye for how whisperers move as opposed to walkers move, and so she's kind of helping them scout it out. And I just thought it was really cool how they're, you know, again they were working their way out, and um, and it was and, really cool to watch. The one thing that's my problem is this Beatrice thing, because like, <laughs> you know, I'm looking at this thinking, well. Is anyone actually going to die? And then thinking, okay, the one character we've never seen before <laughs> until this episode. Um, yep. yeah, she's probably should've, not long for this world. And sure should've enough. Should have put a red shirt on her. Hey, man. No, but she's my favorite. She's, she's the, she's, she plays the same character in every show. Yes. Like, yep. she's yeah. the one I always, I always call her Piper because she plays Piper on Agents mm-hmm. of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's also yeah, she in Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, she's in the DOE on Supergirl. Piper yeah, had all the yeah. jobs, and now she got no jobs. Does she get murdered horribly on each show like she does in this one? I think on oh, Supergirl she did. No, she didn't on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She uh, she actually had a happy ending on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, like, oh, they grabbed her, and I'm like, oh, there she goes. And I'm like, well, that's the end of her. And then they go back to it and show, like, those walkers just ripping the shit out of her. Like, they're, like, yeah, pulling yeah. her apart. Like, Greg Nicotero is like, I'm not playing around. But this one, and I'm just yeah. showing all of the viscera, everything from her and a bunch of the uh, whisperers also. Like, this was a gory episode. I'd like to see a behind-the-scenes of that, because that was so impressive. They probably went to Brianna Venskis and said, you get a lot of work. You're on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That show mm-hmm. keeps getting renewed every year for some reason. You'll be fine. And Supergirl. You're always in Supergirl. That show's not going anywhere. Oh, shoot. Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. So so we killed you off on this show and the other mm-hmm. two shows that you were making a paycheck on. And both Damn. Things. That's just so sad. I was like, she's, she's gone from shows three shows gone. to zero. Yeah. Sad. That sucks. I'm sure there's some sci-fi originals you can get into. Probably. She's better um, than that. Lydia tries to escape, right? Yeah, there's a there's a breach. Um, there there's a, a breach, and uh, Negan tries to talk to Lydia, and you know they talk about being the hero, and of course Negan just shimmies his way down the elevator shaft and takes like off Negan just like a Oh, speaking of the breach, what they set up that Claymore mine earlier, right? And then you see the the uh, the whisperers <clears throat> right. um, <laughs> trip the wire, right? Like 
And you see like a big close up shot of one of them with a big nail in his face. Yeah. Again, yeah. this is a gory yeah. episode. Yes. So yeah, the claymore just kind of exploded into a red mist. It's like it's awesome. It's like a big bag of meat. Yeah. But Lydia is able to when once once Beatrice goes down, she she had some equipment. You know, she was carrying a backpack like everybody else that was carrying batteries and whatnot. And so Lydia is able to come up and grab it and get with Carol. And the two of them are able to 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 get out. Um, well, she's yeah, trying I to like sneak that. off. Right. And then Carol sees her and she's like, OK, like cause I don't think she's going at Carol. Right. She's just I think she's just trying to was she just trying to leave. No, I think she saw no. what was happening and realized yeah. that she they needed help. Yeah. You think that was that? Because I was yeah, that's because so. Lydia and Negan are having that conversation where they're like, "You can just go, right? These these people are gonna die." Like that was the that was like that's what I thought was part of both of the arcs that they're going experiencing. Is like, do we stay with this where there's maybe certain doom, or do we just go on our own at this point? At least that's what but Negan she was did. It, but her end of the conversation, she did have that thing with him when she basically was like but we don't have we could do you know we could break character and actually be yeah, better right. than we were you're right, um, yeah, fair enough. and she does grab the backpack and i think that that was when she made that decision and, and she I was helping him scout out too right that was after yeah. negan was gone as well so mm-hmm. maybe it's so more I, that I'm, maybe it's more that i'm just thinking of how awkward her mask looks on her because she's you know tiny versus everybody else so it just I couldn't quite get a read on her motivation because yeah. I had thought by mistake it was uh, one of the whispers that did that, and then Carol was going to wind up doing a shank. Wasn't that, wasn't that her mother's mask? It was her it mother's was. mask, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah, Negan so. gave her her mom's mask back. That's what I yeah. thought. Which he was creepily carrying around on him for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. um, so they're able to, to get the distraction going. Um, you know, who doesn't love talking heads, right? Oh my god! When they start burning down the house, I'm like Luke is my favorite character now. <laughs> I just the funny thing is because it's daylight when they start playing it, right? Yeah, They're going, yeah. and I'm like, man, they just got burning down the house on replay, like, like <laughs> after after probably like an hour of them leading them away, they're probably like, Jesus, can we play something else, please? Oh, I would. And for for being under a mask. I actually really liked Beta's reaction to burning down the house during the play. Just like this very slow turn he had as far as yeah. what's happening. <laughs> yes. Well, he's a musician, too, so probably, you know. Yeah, he's a huge David Byrne fan. That's the other thing. So it's like, yeah. well, I mean, I can't complain too much. I got taste. Yeah. Well, he was a session player when he uh, hung out with Brian Eno in uh, yeah. Africa. <laughs> so, I and I lifted up uh, Brianna Venskis. That's how you pronounce her name. Um has a new series called Yellow Jackets, and the pilot is in post-production right now. Oh, well, good go. for her. So, she has work. I mean, at least they didn't play Easy Street, right? No, oh, God. Oh, yeah. no. I don't think I don't think Daryl will be too keen on that plan. Yeah. <laughs> Both Daryls. No. Yeah, yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, Daryl. Um, I, I will say, I know we've talked about it before, but... I'm really appreciating Daryl kind of taking the leader role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it kind of shines in this episode. And I think it works to a large degree because he's never been like, that's never been his thing. Like, you know, no. obviously, I mean, season after season of, I think the you know, the gripe from, from a lot of us on the show was like, give him something to do and give him more than two lines of dialogue. And I think now that they're giving him some room to breathe and giving him something to do and, he's taking that 
taking the you know bull by the horns kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think it really works. I think he feels so natural now. Yeah, it. yeah, and it's they're writing to the character also. They're right. making it yes. do more than right. what. Like that's my that was my issue with Rick, where he's anything the writers needed him to be that week. As good as Andrew Lincoln was doing as him, I do think there was a lot of malleability to how they chose to use him where daryl he still feels like daryl it's not like he's doing other things now that he's in a, a higher capacity because right. he's getting paid for it. like he still feels like the same daryl so he, it's it's good on he, him for that he feels like the reluctant leader like yeah like rick at times was like the confident leader or the tortured leader mm-hmm. or the you know again aaron like you said whatever the writers wanted him to be mm-hmm. I, I always i mean i've I still get the feeling with Daryl that he's not comfortable with being the leader and doesn't really want to be the leader, but the way they write him in being the leader kind of fits that mold. So when the season started, he was what living out in the woods, right? He was, he wasn't even really with the group to begin with. He's still looking for Rick is what it seemed Mm -hmm. like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He was. Um, five years ago when the season first started. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that? Um, a longer time jump than getting to Judith being a young adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the distraction comes to an end. You know, at this point, the, the whispers um, destroy the equipment. The group has to, you know, kind of abandon it. Um, and then, of course, the horde starts to go back uh, towards the towards the hospital. Um, and then th- this is this is kind of where it comes into play is because Daryl's like, no, we we, you know, we, we hunt the right now. Do what? He, we hunt the skins. That's I wrote that down. He said, yeah. it. He says, we're going to hunt the skins. Yeah. It's like we, we need to go get them. We need to, you know, it's it, again, he's he he's like, OK, you know, we can't just and to me, it was it was the right now. Like we need like this isn't we don't we can't sit here and pussyfoot around and, and now or never. It, yeah. It's like we got to do this right now. So you guys need to, you know, you know, kind of saddle up here. We all, we're all still on contract to be on this show. We might as well kill them. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and then, of course, back at the hospital, Gabriel makes his last stand. Um, I, I did you guys really think for a little bit there that that Gabriel because because yes. there wasn't like a significant yes, I did. death? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, I, I was in the room watching this by myself thinking, oh, no, they're going to kill Gabriel. And then Mass Ninja comes in. And I'm like, oh, my God, Mass Ninja's here. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> I did scrum I'm serious. I screamed. I screamed. I was like, oh, my God, Mass Ninja. <laughs> like, where are my notes? I, I, I swear. Yeah, Mass Ninja, exclamation point in my notes. I wrote it down. <laughs> We need to put this on a watch party. I want to watch this with with Aaron. Oh, I have a blast watching this with my eyes. <laughs> I can have put it on Skype, on Skype or whatever. <laughs> um, but Maggie to the rescue. So I want to. I I'm gonna do a little bit of a not so humble brag uh, this episode. But remember at the end of the la- when when it looked like Aaron and Alden were being kidnapped or captured, and somebody show like showed up, and I was like, I bet you that's Maggie. It was Maggie. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I was right. For once. You were right Red, all Red, along. Red Red I, made, yeah. I made a prediction and it came true. You were right all along. Yeah. Um, Tell your sister. Yeah. So, of course, they decide they're going to lead the uh, Lydia's. Uh, they, you know, they're able to attack the, the whispers. They they. They kind of get things on track. Lydia says, like, look, I know. And this is where it made sense mm-hmm. 
to me because um and why they maybe you know because part of you is like well they've had hordes before why didn't they just try and do this but again the point is as a whisperer they've kind of perfected this whole ability to steer the horde and what they need to do and again you know whisper and all that kind of business so i thought it was kind of cool that lydia was like no i can i can do this i can lead them i can lead them away and we can take them towards the you know the cliff and and send them over the edge so Um, this was my other thing so i I do like that i do like like not like plot wise and character wise that all makes sense and i'm all for that my issue was what did she do (laughs) just like they she just said that and then they're at the cliff but i'm like okay i i understand this is probably the other really Probably is that the other edit point you're talking about? Other, yeah, I thought was missing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I understand it would probably just be something really boring, like she just walked super slow and got their attention mm-hmm. or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, when you say I'm the one that mom, my mom taught me how to do this, I'm like, well, what is that thing? And they're like, we don't need to show you. They're just at the cliff now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It something was one of those... me. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just something that bothered me too is why it it was like a suicide mission. Like they couldn't yeah. just leave the. <laughs> music over the cliff and then let the zombies follow the music and lemming like you know or they why does she have to jump off the cliff yeah that's what i i just could not figure out like that and carol for that man since she's yeah exactly she was like, like, well, carol was almost like, like she wanted to punish herself for what she did by doing they both it both have a death wish and it's yeah a they way did of illustrating they that did. but like mm-hmm. i don't know it just didn't make sense like it, word, word it's de- it's something that's designed for the characters to come together about and it just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel organic to what's happening now what helps is that they're both very strong what they're doing as far as the performances go. Mm-hmm. So I, I can I can allow. I think we're all like willing to say it's fine because they're doing a good job. But I agree with you, Jim. It is like a okay, like this is a little melodramatic. At this point. Yeah, just slide to the side. Just just slide to the yeah. side. And just bring it back, back one time. Like, yeah. Bring it back two times. Two times. <laughs> Freeze. Now stomp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So Carol. Carol shows Edit up. that in. I want the whole song in this part. Just edit I'm it not going to edit the whole song in. We know what song that's. We'll song. cut. We'll cut. We'll cut to it. Um, I, I, I'm editing this one. No, we won't. Okay. Later, we just had a huge argument about that. We're not going to put right. the song in, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to cut in the John Mulaney uh, electric slide sketch from SNL. <laughs> instead, so. Uh, the one thing I'll say is, w- were any of you disappointed with how the whole running over the cliff actually happened? Like happened the the visually? Yeah, kind of I mean, if it wasn't for the point that the, I liked those two actresses so much that I still kind of felt that emotional thing they were giving off the energy they gave off i still like that but if it was just about them going off the cliff it just kind of felt like okay it yeah, just, it's like as much know. as i like bear mccreary the putting up you know really nice music over thousands of walkers <laughs> jumping off a cliff it's yeah. not going to get me to whatever emotional point it's trying to get me to right. it's like i i'm down for you know seeing this happen and yes the characters are doing their thing but it's like you know it's we're not you know it's, it's, it's not it's not a soap opera. Like, it's not gonna, like, make me, I like, think a good music. choice for the music here would have been, if any of y'all are Rick and Morty fans, you know, whenever they have that down moment and it's that da-da-da-da-da music, that would have been perfect as those zombies were just flying off the cliff. It would have been beautiful. <laughs> or or yakety sax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I, the one thing I'll, I'll say is I just, I would have thought of nothing else since they had the extra time. They could have actually made it seem like a horde going off a cliff. Like, yeah, it, did it just seemed thin, like, right? Yeah, there's like it here's twelve, and there's thin. another twelve. Yeah. And like another in 12, a world like, where World War Z exists, it's like I know what a horde looks like at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, and and I again, I I guess because of the time difference between when this episode was supposed to air and when it actually did, like to me that would be something that I would think you would be low hanging fruit. You know, to go in and just be like, okay, we've got time. Let's spruce this up a little bit, because um, obviously you wouldn't really need actors. You know, it's just a, it's just a composited effect shot. I, I don't know. Uh, granted, it's no, more I know money. What you're saying. I, I, yeah, I, I think it just comes down to you know what can we afford versus what can we visually make dense enough to not register as silly. Uh, and so it's like I get it, and they want to get that slow mo shot of the mask falling in and everything. Like it was going for an artsy thing as opposed to like yeah. A, you know, a, a, watching thousands of zombies literally fall into the water where they'll still be presumably alive and probably be a threat again to Oceanside. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, that's that part. Let's now, let's just talk about all of beta, right? Cause I know people are, have mixed feelings on, I think how beta was handled. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a tag team between, you, you know, obviously ne- Negan or, um, yeah, you know, Negan beta, and uh, beta and Daryl, mm-hmm. and, and then Negan comes in, and then Daryl's able to take both knives out, stab him in the eyes. It was kind mm-hmm. of um, abrupt, like yeah, it was for it to be kind of this, you know, lead up and this, you know, kind of like full season long, you know, thing that that you're you're waiting for. It just seems sort of anticlimactic. Yes, but also all of that internal drama unfolding in Beta's head and all of the just his perception of everything throughout the whole episode, really. But even in this moment, it I don't know, it made it poetic in a way. I don't know. I agree. It really no, I it I, I honestly I really like the way they dealt with Beta. I I we've seen an extended fight between Daryl and Beta already. Yeah, I, I get so. that. I get people and they can't like, beat him, right? Yeah, it's like, I, what I, else are you gonna do? Exactly. It's like, what else do you do to top that? I mean, he they fought each other and like, was that this season? By the way, is that how long the season's been? Yeah, that the, was that it? the first half yep. of this season? That was the end of the first half, right? With yeah. the yeah, yeah, when he threw him down the elevator or whatever. Like that's all. Like when was the <laughs> the fact that you have to say threw him down an elevator is always going to be funny for me. But um, was that that was all this season? What? No, was it though? What was that snow uh, episode? That was the season finale of the last season, right? Yes. The snowy episode. That was the season yes. finale. Yes. Wasn't it that wasn't it that season that that happened? Was it that season? I thought it was after that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Old man podcasting now. I don't remember. I'll look it up in a second. Regardless, we got a big fight with them already. It's like, I don't right. know what else you do at this point with them to make that more interesting to me. Cause I, yeah, you know, it, just, I, it, it just becomes two guys punching each other and that, yeah. that gets old in my book. And so I, I like the more, I like what they did here is where it's like first Negan challenges them because they got beef mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's bouncing on Negan and that gives Daryl the opportunity to do like the ultimate Daryl move. It's like, and that's, that's what, that's where I made mystery kept lying. It's like, what's Daryl, you know, he's going to die. You know, Daryl's mm-hmm. going to do it. What, yep. What's going to be the thing that he does? <laughs> because that would have been a Rick him. That would have been a him and Rick move. If mm-hmm. you know exactly if, if Rick was here. 
So he runs up and does a you know a big old Superman mm-hmm. jump and thrusts two knives in his eyes. And I he's did not get a dead. kick out he's of it. He's not even dead when that happens. It's just like no. oh, I can't see now. No. Like, that's really what it is. He lets the zombies take him out. <laughs> the sleeper has awakened. And I, I agree with you, Rich. Like it is this kind of like watching watching Beta like just going crazy, and then the this kind of the look that like the effects they give to him like being in this mode where he's pulling out the knives and he's just like the zombie. He's like, like, come at me, do whatever. Take me away with you. Like, that's, that's cool to me. That's a cool. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a, it was almost yeah. poetic. It was almost like they were hugging him and like worshiping him yeah. and the way that they were, you know, they didn't really pull at him right away. It was just, it was almost sensual the way they were at, you know, they were following him. Like they were just, he was a God or something. Oh yeah, that was from his warped perspective. Yeah. yeah. When in reality he was being pulled apart like a pork sandwich. Yes. With extra gravy. What do you think, Jim? What do you think of the death of Beta? It was fine. I think my favorite part of it was when Negan was like, "Oh, it's that guy." That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't say it. <laughs> and Daryl just kind of shrugs or whatever, right? Yeah, I, I wrote well, that he down. Said it's, right, he's nobody. Like, he says, uh, "You know, you know how that asshole is." And he's like, and Daryl's like, "Yeah, nobody." And walks <laughs> off. Because <laughs> yeah. that is like that's from it's different characters, but it's from the book. Yeah. So I do like how they yeah, kind right. of tried to incorporate yeah. that part of it. Right. It was. It was. It was nice. That was like my favorite part of it. But it was. It was fine. It was a fine way to end it. I, I was generally positive on the finale and all. Spoiler alert for later in the show. <laughs> what happened then? Everybody kissed and made up, basically, right? Pretty much. They all hung out with the Ewoks and ate, and then Lando Luke looked Dan. off wistfully and saw yeah. ghosts of his uh, dad and Obi-Wan and Yoda, and it was all good again. And then... Until... Uh, and then we go back up. to Eugene. Well, be- before we go back to Eugene, I, I mean... We talk about this every so often when the when the show tries to make it a, you know, a little bit more hopeful... I like that this season ends in a kind of definitive way. Like, there's obviously more to come, but right. if you're trying to close out arcs as far as story and characters, that's another reason why I think this arc really works. It has an end, right? It doesn't I feel think, like there's anything yeah. missing here, and it doesn't feel dissatisfying to me anyway. It feels like it actually closes things out in a fairly reasonable way. Yeah, it's it, by it far feels the like most a satisfying ending. season ender I think that we've had. Probably since the Michonne reveal. Right. I have to think harder, but I mean, it is a, it is a good finale for sure. I'd, I'd put it in the top higher tier. I'll say this too, as much crap as I give Judith, that moment when Maggie sees Judith and you know, they haven't seen each other for like, since she was like a baby, right? Something mm-hmm. along those lines. That was good. That was, there was, there was some emotion there that I could actually register, even though they're actors that have literally never stared at each other in the show before. I was into that. That, that worked for me. Yeah. <laughs> no, what she really wanted to ask is what happened to Chris? <laughs> Did he live? Because I want to know. Sorry. I know. I can tell you, though. So, yeah, Eugene stuff. Get this back. Get back to Eugene. Yes. Now, where's Herschel? Huh? I assume he's, no, no, Maggie's son. 
Oh, little Herschel. Maggie's Maggie and Glenn's son. I assume he's back. Right. In, I'm, yeah, I'm like, assuming. In yeah, a ball she did take to, him on a dangerous The Commonwealth mission. or whatever she's supposed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we had, we had a nice Carol and Daryl moment too, where she, oh yeah yeah, Daryl's like, well, you know, New Mexico's still out there, and Carol's like, nah, I think they still need us. You know, I think there's <laughs> basically unfinished business here that we could help with. Right. I thought I thought that was cool. Um, it showed the growth again, right? Yeah. That kind of showed. You know, none of this made her happy. Like it was never, none of it satisfying. But and she was, and she said, thirty more episodes, and yeah. then then we'll go to him. She that's, did whisper that. That's the thing, right? Like, I really hope the writers find a way to make that count. Like the fact that we very much know that there's they're unkillable. <laughs> but, yeah, that 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 was the the I think that was the weakest part about that that cliff. Yeah, was that you just know like I because you know everything's revealed it's like all I all I could look for was how are they going to get her to not do it well to be fair once they sign that long-term contract with the both of them that kind of regardless of of spinoff talk like that to kind of cemented it for me but yeah and even (laughs) then the fact that they're going on to a completely different show like that 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 goes even further, I think, as far as how yeah, sure how like how they can still raise the stakes for those characters in other ways. I mean, I yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I hope the writers do that. That's exactly. that's what I'm counting on. I don't want them to be like, oh, is Carol gonna make it back? It's like fuck, the, like yeah, she's gonna well, make it back. Well, if they continue <laughs> writing that they had this season, that's a very hopeful wish. There, I think it it can happen. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So yeah, so and then we find that Connie is alive. Oh yeah, that we, too. As we talked about earlier, <laughs> yeah. Connie's alive. Yeah, she comes across Virgil. I was just thinking about it before she popped up. Like just before she popped up, I was like, "Are they going to do something to let you know that yeah. she's still alive?" Or I'm not? glad she's still alive. I me too. I liked her character. I, I I, to and more so for the fact that, um. I'm hoping she eventually goes back to the main crew mm-hmm. because then I think that adds that other dynamic back in with Darryl. her and Daryl. And then it kind of, it kind of lessens the whole Carol and Daryl, you know, relate, you know, it, it, you don't have to worry so much about that being a, a thing. Um, I mean, I never anyone, think of it's a is thing. Is anyone still like, is anyone still they, sitting there thinking like, are they going to get together? It's been 10 years. Oh, still people, <laughs> I hope not. Oh, but. there are still people that believe that, that want that. I don't think it's a thing. I it's out of my mind that that's what's going to happen. Like they're not making a spinoff to like turn it into moonlighting. Like what no. are you expecting out of this? No. <laughs> yeah. That's the reference I went for this week, guys. Moonlighting. Moonlighting, nice. yes. Nice. Time. Very timely. Timely. Oh, wow. <laughs> Be good. You really, you really know what the culture is into right now. Yeah. So good job. I'm walk by night. Yeah. Um. She's an abused mom turned killer. <laughs> He's a boy from the backwoods. They're moonlighting. They get along. Brought to you by Seagram's Golden Wine Coolers. <laughs> Uh, so the episode ends of course with uh with eugene and company um waiting around in the rail yard um for for his meetup and they're feeling pretty distraught about things and then i love princess's line here 
I love her. Damn, you're one really horny dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that love character the princess. Is awesome. I do too. I love princess. Yeah. Um, of course, boom, lights go on, mm-hmm. and they immediately get surrounded by a bunch of stormtrooper-looking guys. Uh, yeah. Wait, 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 back, back up, back up. Eugene gives like a whole speech of like, we're not going back. Oh, we're gonna yes. go out there. We're, going we're gonna. Forward. And the way uh-huh. it's framed, I'm like, he's either gonna get shot in the face or like a car is gonna run over. That's right what now. It like. It's yeah. so like a weird shot that they yeah, trying to do. Yeah. yeah, he was like yeah, centered, speed, like focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yes. It was. It was awkward because like. And for one thing, that'd be a bold move. If they just killed Eugene right now. I'd be disappointed. We sad. Folks, we just got to keep on defense, keep pushing ahead, keep them, keep them restrained, keep yeah, going. Yeah, you got a headshot. Do it, do it, do it. Clear eyes, clear minds. The vibe that you got, and then all of a sudden, hands in the air. Damn. It's like one of those. It's like the scene where the cop explains his ten days from retirement. Yes, <laughs> he yeah. just it bought a, like it. He just bought a boat called Live Forever just that his wife and he are gonna sail around the world. Yeah. And there yep. we are, the end of. Well, not really. The, the I would say end. that, yeah, not really the end of season <laughs> ten, but the the <laughs> the end of this episode for now. Well, for, oh, for my uh, for demand, they put the they put uh, world beyond right in the same episode that I because I watched it on demand, and it yeah, kicked they did, they right did. into that right afterwards. I was. I thought it was a mistake. Like I thought, you know, the in demand. I thought it was like one of those things where they will have like the first two seconds of it and then cut, and then you have to find yeah, no, the other mean. episode. And it just kept going. I was so surprised they did it that way. I think. I think because it, it counts to ratings twice. If I had to yeah. guess, like something like. Oh that. yeah. Yeah. Like you oh. watched it here because you didn't turn it off and you mm-hmm. thought you like it shows you like two hours on your DVR things. You're like, I guess I'm watching all of this. And you do. And you're like, oh, I secretly watch a different show. Or you just turn into the actual one and it gets the credit either way. Right. All right. So before we get into World Beyond, we are going to talk about uh, listener Buster, Buster ratings uh, from Facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Mr. Dietz, are you ready? We give our ratings, Russ? Oh. Yeah, Russ. That's how we usually do it. We usually give our ratings. See, you, you know, you go five years you're... without an episode, <laughs> and you just forget what you're doing. So oh, we got Rusty Russ over here. Very, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So before we continue with our listener ratings, we will give our Buster ratings. Aaron, would you like to go first? Sure, I can go first. I really liked this episode. I thought it was a pretty terrific episode of The Walking Dead, specifically for a season finale. So I'd probably, I think I'm at four and a half busters. I, like I, there's a lot of stuff that I think really worked here. And I don't know if it's the fact that we're coming off of such a long wait for it. And I just can't quite remember my attitude towards the season overall. Um, though I think I've been fairly positive on the, most of the stuff that's been happening, but like, Getting back to this, it wasn't about like overly impressing me because I don't think the episode was trying to do that. But I do think as far as making a solid episode of television that represents what I think The Walking Dead should be about and giving me character stuff I can you know attach myself to and not too many weird gaffes with the writing, which I know I complain about a lot on this show. I think this one just did a really excellent job of filling out all those spaces. So I'm four and a half busters. I really like this episode. Daryl? I really enjoyed it. I, I again, it it had a lot of the interaction that I liked uh, 
with Carol and Negan and, and Lydia. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And Princess, I love, anytime she gives, gives those one-liners that are, are hysterical, um, it worked for me. I, and I'm glad they wrapped up these the endings I, I liked, you know, I'm, I'm glad they did it the way they did it. And, and characters are, you know, now they're moved on to new, uh, phases, uh, in their lives. And, uh, you know, we got rid of the enemy. He's done. I liked how he was taken out and, and that's it. So I would, I would say four out of five for me. Rich. Yeah, I really, enjoyed this episode um everything like we talked about with the uh effects um the the gore was just at a at a new level i mean nicotero's done some awesome and gruesome things in this show but this episode he really brought it um i i really enjoyed the fact that we did get satisfying endings to story arcs and that there there wasn't a lot of questions left at the end other than the questions that are needed to set up i guess for these coming episodes or the season 11 um but uh i i'm with aaron as far as i would go with four and a half but then i have to also just say that it was a perfect button to this season in my opinion like i said i think it's one of the best season finales that they've had on this show and so I'm I'm gonna bump it up to a solid five. Uh, I'll go four point five with this. I really enjoyed it. I I, I like the fact it was like kind of a I don't want to say a happy ending, but a satisfying ending conclusion with you know minimum uh, casualties. You know this time, um, but I like they had a lot of good moments in it. The only I dig the point five off for uh, like what Aaron mentioned. It bothered me too. Like some of the jump cuts there were like. I'm sorry, what, did I miss a scene or something? I re- had to rewind back, you know, happened a couple times, so that that bothered me. But other than that, I thought it was a pretty solid episode. I'm interested to find out about Hoodie, Hoodie Ninja. and um... uh, I'm also going to give it a 4.5. I Again, I really enjoyed the episode. I think, again, the the gooping up escape from from the hospital scene with uh, with arrow fire cover, I think, built a lot of good tension. I think it just really, really worked. Um, and even though I felt it was a little anticlimactic, I did like the way that they dealt with beta. I did because, I mean, obviously they've been pushing the whole descent into madness for him. And so to kind of see him get stabbed in the eyes and kind of have that fever dream as he was dying of, uh, of things going on and then him kind of being carried away like a rock star, you know, um, like he would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, solid solid episode, and then and then of course you know the way the episode ended, I liked you know again Maggie showing up uh, again, Hoodie Ninja of course, um, <laughs> you know how can you go wrong? Like is he gonna be the Snake Eyes of this series? Like will he just not have anything to say or do? Like, that would be what, awesome actually. Like what if that's the we thing? Just never, we just never never get just, it. Yeah, right? <laughs> like they just never. Like, you know what would be great is they never even like acknowledge him. Like, like <laughs> yeah, he's like Scooby Doo. Only Shaggy talks to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of there, and he sticks out, but not for anybody else. It's like, yeah, that's Mass Ninja. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. You don't have one? Oh, you mean Fred? Yeah. He, he thinks he's yeah. talking to a ninja. Just humor him. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Indeed. All right. So now we can get to the Facebook uh, ratings, our listener buster ratings over at Facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast, read by Mr. Jim Dietz. Hello. And as always, uh, we'd love to have you in our Facebook group. Please join us. And I just want to put a shout out to our mighty overlords. I'm doing twice the comments here because we're doing two episodes. I'm going to double pay. Okay. Double. Mike Jones. Starts us off this time with five cliff divers out of five. Other than Beta's demise, I loved all of this episode. I was hoping for a Maggie Negan scene, but I'm sure that's coming. The end scene was right off of the comic book page. The show is the show is quality, and it just further, further angers me that it's ending. Another rant for another time. Uh, John White also chimes in. I really have to give it five double knives to the melon out of five. Really great episode. Kevin Barry, five. These are the type of uplifting and happy stories we need in 2020 out of five. This is the quality, quality content I crave. Uh, this was fun, and I liked the different moments when they let individual characters shine. The Gabriel stuff was great. David Bue the third, four anti-maskers out of five. I thought we would see a bit more of Maggie in the Commonwealth or a hint of where she had been in doing. Uh, the biggest point taker was the walk through the herd. Just seemed too unbelievable. If they masked up or covered themselves in blood like Nick, hey, another Nick reference from Fear of the Walking Dead, I'd give this another half a point. Brent Jones came in with uh, 3.5 red shirts out of 5. Maybe it was the excitement I had over this, but I was let down. We've seen the group defeat hordes before, but this one was supposed to be much more difficult. This horde had leadership, structure, organization, maybe an HR department, and our crew was were able to navigate right through it only... After losing only one red shirt in the process, this was a horde littered with disguised professional pretend zombies. And those pros only got one of our crew? This whisperer is living hordes. It's their job. It's like me taking my son's mountain bike and van, mountain bike and having a top ten finish in the Tour de France. I mean, I know how to ride a bike, so it's plausible, right? It's just like our crew knows how to disguise themselves well enough to fool walkers. But shouldn't the whisperers be far superior to this? They should have taken out at least a few... Uh, I love the sniper setup. It was brilliant, and it would have worked. Uh, but it's another big bad threat. Our group easily navigates and beats their own game. And while I love the beta kill, Lurch barely puts up a fight. I hate to be negative because it was such a good episode, and it was a good season. I just get tired of them facing all these huge threats and run through them like Super Mario after he's eaten a star. Uh, the Stormtroopers will be fun, and since the new show tells us their general vicinity, can we assume it's the same organization? I would say so. I would say yes. Um, let me look at my magic eight ball. All signs point to yes. Um, I absolutely love the continuity across all the platforms. I cannot wait for them to all tie in. Hmm. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, marathon running man and lover of bad beer. 3.5, the letter in the tin read, Dear Maggie, we know Whiskey Cavalier got cancer. Please come back and see the last season of the show. Out of five. So after months and months of our own apocalypse, we finally got the season finale. Glad to see the back of the Whispers and Beta. So who are their next villains going to be? Uh, has Eugene and his crew found them? They look like stormtroopers. So is it Darth Vader? Can I just see it now? The latest weapon in fighting walkers, a lightsaber. Or how about a walker versus walkers? Well, just squish. Walker Texas Ranger over. versus walkers. There you go. Nine, let's go tower defense plays out of ten. I think you need to split the feed of me because Mr. Deeds couldn't take two reviews. Oh, I don't know, man. 
Uh, one, we're back with Daryl and Carol and Judith and Maggie and all your cartoon pals. Two, it was cool to use Gabriel to remind us who is still in the coalition while telling the kids he's going, it's going to be okay. Uh, while also showing the others he included the kingdom despite its fa- falling and merging with Hilltop. So I hope it's to see a little kingdom in Hilltop's rebuilding. Three, cover your troops and guts and leading walkers away with a loud noise. Ah, you can't beat the classics. Four, this was a good plan all in all, and we only lost four of our own people. It was hard to hear Beatrice ask for help, even though it was too late side, no one gave her mercy. Five, again, a good plan, but a Negan tweak makes it better. Holy crap, do you know who that was? Six, Maggie's back and right when you think Gabe's about to meet his god, M-E-A-T. Uh, also, who's Maggie's companion? Clementine TV debut? Oh, man, that would be awesome. Uh, one can, yeah, one can dream. It's probably Rick or something lame like that. <laughs> There's another six. Carol, you can't jump. You have a spinoff to think about. <laughs> think of the spinoff. The Leftovers, seven. With Beatrice's death, Cindy, Rachel, and Jules are the only named Oceansiders confirmed to be alive. Eight. With Oscar's death, Bertie and Marco are the only Hilltop originals confirmed to be alive. Nine. With Beta's death, Lydia and Adam are the only whispers confirmed to be alive. Ten, Maggie is the last person introduced in season two confirmed to be alive. All in all, good final special. Can't wait to see what's beyond, come beyond, what's to come beyond. This point, Kempai! Okay, and that's all the message, that's all the, uh, Wonderful comments you have, and please give us some bust rings. Also, I mean, we have World Beyond that. we got to come up with a new name for the ratings for that, right? So I wrote in my notes of some suggestions. <laughs> okay. We got the one got the one big guy named Silas. I was thinking right. Silas ratings. So we got, we, we got Buster, Toby, and Silas. That's, a, that's an eclectic mix of names. That seems like a group that works together, yes. Um, where, the other Given one? the way the show is going, we may want to call them the Empties. Yeah, the, yeah the, the, I had the empties. I had that down. The, the cublics, because that's just a weird name to, to go after. But uh, si- the Silas ratings really was sticking with me. Right, Silas. Maybe the Elton or the Felix ratings, but I think Silas is better. I was thinking since they're the generic supermarket undead brand of uh, Scooby Gang, we'd just rate them in Scooby Snacks. Hmm. I think of those, Silas sounds better. We'll stick with, we'll go with Silas unless we hear something better from a listener. How about that? Silas, it is. Sounds good to me. Okay. Mm. Speaking of which, let's talk about that episode. So, The World Beyond, <clears throat> episode Speaking one. Captain Segway. Yes. So, do we want to give overall thoughts or we just get into it? Seems of overall thoughts because I don't think there's much to get into. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. it was stuffed to the brim with exposition and plot. Yes, stuffed right. so much. It's like no, save some for the next episode, dude. Please, it was a TV so show. Wow. Yeah, but there you go. I I, <clears throat> I wasn't. Well, exp- I mean, you have the two. You have the two brother or two sisters, right? Yes. Uh, Iris and Hope, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Very on the nose, but yes. <laughs> yes, I know. And the Bennett sisters, like, I read Pride and Prejudice in college, too. Okay, I get it. Um, but anyway, like, the one is, like, kind of artsy, the other one's rebellious. 
And uh, like the, we see the one like she stows off to flip off Julia Ormond. <laughs> yeah. I can't think, like, I, I figured, like, she was going to be, like, her, you know, we didn't know too much yet. I figured, like, is she her mom or something? It's like, who gets it just to flip off some stranger? That's such a yeah. weird move. To and do. her reaction was just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, like, that's the other thing. It's it like, yeah, mom, like, yeah if it was her daughter, that would make sense to me. But it's just, yeah. like, some random person's just, like, coming up, about, sneaking up on me while I have a bunch of security around me to flip me off. Like, that's a that's a move. Right. And then, like, I, was, I made a joke about before Silas. Like, the whole thing is, like, he did something in Omaha that gives them a rep, but they don't really say. They're just like, oh, you heard about what he did in Omaha. <laughs> like, no, I didn't. What the fuck did you do in Omaha? <laughs> like, I get that, like, you have to fill out some of these, but yeah, there's right. a lot of, there's a lot of just big speeches throughout this, but that's what kept getting yes. me. Yeah, it's not like that, that, fine. It's not even that that's bad. It's, there was nothing to go with it. Like, yeah, yeah. especially it was like it was like a good hour episode, right? It was pretty lengthy yeah, it was a, show. Yeah, and yeah it was, it was, it was stuffed. It was like I felt overstuffed to me with stuff. And like the last couple minutes, like you get this whole like murder scene, but nothing really happened for a you last know, a minutes kick of off of a series. Not all that was worth anything. I mean, and even then, it's not, not like I need to see thousands of people get slaughtered. But at the same time, it's like speak for yourself. For a Walking Dead show, you kind of expect like something big to happen in the series premiere uh-huh. of a Walking Dead show, right? And I can't like I kept saying to myself over and over, if they do not leave this compound by the end of this episode, and we have to suffer through more of this <laughs> flashbacks to the day the sky fell. And and watch, but that's kind of what they do. See little dreams and whatnot i i just could i, I, look, there I know we've too much I'm very way oh, too much sorry that. i mean, we've talked on other on this show and other shows about television before about pilotitis mm-hmm. where like you try to stuff too much exposition and too much stuff in your pilot and not let the show breathe at all yeah and this to me was like a classic sign of that it was just it was just too much i mean they were like there were subplots i knew would never go anywhere like the like the one with the the, the psychiatrist who's dying and you are okay. even and so what? We're never going to see her again. They're leaving the compound. Yeah. We're never going to know this character. Why? Why would you? you know, so she gets like, so she can see her die. I mean, like it was already there. Like it, it's it's yeah exactly. It, I didn't even need. Which was why I was like, why would you stick your head like almost in the door when you know that that's the deal? Like I, it's just I don't know why we had to get the scene of her doing that. I'll say this. I didn't mind that scene, mainly because I just liked that there was visual setup of that early on, and it paid off. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... It, the show didn't need to tell me what was going on. It just showed me. That's a step yeah, up from that, a lot of the other things. Well, I wish it would have done more of that with this. I agree. There was a lot of, there was a lot of telling. Yeah. Not showing. I, as as uh, I was told uh, long ago, film is a visual medium. Uh, some stuff. And I, I don't know if it's me. Maybe it's just because I'm an old curmudgeon at this point. Probably. But, or, probably. <laughs> but do, do you find any of these young people likable or relatable? I don't like them. Dis- I don't think I'm I didn't dislike them. I just felt I don't they dislike were them. I just find they just seem like people who didn't quite make a CW audition to me. No, because they would like be. Really... No, those kind of those CW people would look like uh, 20 year olds. That's what I'm saying. These people like just missed the audition. They didn't make it. Uh, oh audition. yeah. I mean they. I, I want to give it a chance. No, I'm I I giving it the benefit of the doubt that there's more up, to yeah. grow into. Obviously. Yeah, I did. I think it's, 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 it's got a lot 
potential. It just did not impress me coming out of the gate. I just felt that they wanted to kind of give us a sense of this was a you know like this was such a peaceful established community so that when they did the big you know ending you you'd feel something i guess a little bit more for it or it make you you know you know what they lost you know this is this is what they it'll never be the same for them even though it's still it's so on the nose when she even said it she's like once we'll come back from this we'll never be the same like I'll, once we get I'll, there i'll add i'll add i'll add this i cuz i didn't realize this before, until i watched the show I remember when I was a little excited because they had Jordan Vogue Roberts who did Kong School Island. He was going to direct mm-hmm. the pilot. That's not what happened. He no. was taken off the pilot and they had a different director come in. So, so this is, so what that shows me is that, okay, they had an idea for this and they scrapped it in well with a different version of that. Well, um, and even more as I heard, I was reading that they also had to do a reshoot of that second yeah. director. So this is like a third bite at the apple of trying to get this show going and mm-hmm. i feel like because of that this suffered because they tried to pack a lot of things like jim mentioned about story elements that went nowhere it's i think it's because it was just a poorly produced pilot it makes me wonder what the if there was like a different vision and then they had like maybe right. they, so now they knew they had 10 episodes for a season or they only had two seasons to work with and so they had to like do more to set up things later on down the road. Like it could be any number of things. And mm-hmm. like just because you reshot a pilot doesn't make it necessarily a bad thing. Look at Game of Thrones famously had a terrible pilot. They reshot it and that show was moderately more successful. Uh, so, I mean, it's not impossible to do that. It's just I going from a, di- a director who who is he has a very stylish hand on things to like what this was which seemed very bland to me so it's like wait wasn't Vaughn Roberts involved with this I was I it's the scenes were showing the, the seams of the episode were showing to me as far as it seems like they're stitching a lot of stuff together so we can get to more stuff down the line yeah that's what I felt like Russ what do you think you're being awfully quiet over there do you love this episode um no I, I didn't love it um there's some <clears throat> I I really liked Annette Mahendru in The Americans. Yep. And for her to play this kind of like trying to play off a tough guy with the weird walk and the weird talk and it did not ring true. Like if that's what they were going for, I think they picked the wrong actress for that part. Um personally, it just doesn't fit her like I I don't know. I don't know if it <clears throat> again like Either they didn't write her right, or it's bad. They gave her bad direction, or like for, she's a much better actress than what was portrayed in this yeah, show. Yeah, and that that Agreed. really stuck she's out. She's good on the Americans. Yeah. Something that bothered me, and I know Daryl and I have talked about this before on DCTV, and nothing's on about the secrets subplot, yeah. like something yeah. is being kept a secret from someone else, like this bit with Hope, and it turns out that his mom was the one that Hope killed, Elton's mom. Yeah, you just happen to have a photo of her to show. Yeah, so we can get Look, that episode. <laughs> get it? She killed. Yeah. yeah. So that's like yeah. I don't know. It just seems so cliche. Elton, well, who looks, who's dressed as if he walked out of a Wes Anderson movie and onto the set for here. Oh yeah. my god, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he just did. happens to find the thing he's been looking for for God knows how long in mm-hmm. the dark, randomly while walking. Like I was just like, what? What? <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know. That that just really. 
caught me odd too. I, I I guess the other thing is I didn't I didn't realize this show was gonna be a road trip show like that. Oh, I thought that's what I assumed it was gonna. Oh be. yeah, I thought that was the kind of the gist of the show. I I thought it was just like that. Like it's like Stand by Me, but with zombies. yeah, they get to the destination yeah, I, and that's it. I, I guess I just again I didn't pay that close of attention to the you know um, trailers and stuff like that. I didn't I didn't get that out of out of the show. Um, but then the whole bit with Julie Ormond's character in this, you know, in the, the, the civic Republic and, you know, they make such a point of, of, Oh, you know, you can trust me and you can trust us. And <laughs> like, I got to the end of that episode and I'm like, okay, are they implying that they just literally slaughtered all those people in the town? Yeah. 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 What I There's 9,671 people. I'm like, how the hell did a small, like four people in a helicopter slaughter ten thousand people. Because they're very like, skilled. Didn't you watch the beginning? Yeah, I I just didn't. <laughs> they lined them up so you could that, save bullets. Yeah. That that was another another area where you know we talked about it in the in the 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 main show mm-hmm. where there was like a cut that just made you go did I did I miss something like oh, is there a whole like commercial that. break that, in here that I wasn't was in the, uh, the felt like that. that was what was in the canisters that the helicopters were bringing it was more equipment soldiers and uh, zombies yeah but it's just i mean ten thousand people like i mean yeah it 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 just seemed like okay even if you what, had, you're, what, what you're talking about is i mean it's less about the feasibility i think it's more about the show did it in, like it didn't present this thing in a way that felt meaningful it, it's right. it's too much it's, well, it's too much of a thing they're throwing at you to be like in the midst of everything that's going on, also 10,000 people died. It's like, did the show set me up to see something like that? Like, I don't well, think so. The article I read about that they had to do a reshoot, so her character wasn't even in the original shot pilot, uh-huh. Julie Ormond. So all of that, so obviously they took stuff that they shot for a later episode and wedged it in here. I, I'm not sure, but yeah, it was kind of a jarring jump to suddenly that, but there was enough exposition to the point I was able to understand what happened. I found it interesting that, and I don't know if this was a conscious choice or it just happened, but um, Elizabeth throughout the episode, she's wearing gray over black. And then at the end, when we see this, she's wearing black over black. And I'm just wondering if that's not representative of like, (laughs) It was pinned on Iris's father, her, his kids accepting what's what's happening, or or Iris making this profound speech at that celebration um, was going to, you know, and she was still kind of in that gray area, you know, they this could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing, but then once Iris did what she did in that speech and then took off. All bets are off, and now it's you know it's time to eradicate the colony. No, I think that was their intention the whole time. Yeah, like, that's what I again, I mean, obviously it's the first episode. There, you know, there's there's a long way to go, but they better have a real good reason for why, like plot wise, why it was necessary to wipe out this settlement. Like the whole point, obviously. They've had communication with each other. You know, they they took the you know, their father is, you know, as a scientist to go to the other group. There's obviously been some communication and some working going on. So right. 
all of a sudden you're just gonna wipe wipe up wipe out a whole settlement for what well, I'm reason? assuming they're like, gonna wipe out the other one too. Yeah, and the then, Portland one. Yeah, the, and they'll somehow save that one or or whatever. Well, they're going the wrong direction though. They're going east. Yeah, they're going. To, they're going to you. They're going to find well, you. Now, but brilliant I mean, scientists. That could change. This is a this is a road trip show. But I mean, look at the Roman Empire. They hmm. went around and they basically they conquer areas and then they would eradicate the leadership. Obviously, their father was kind of a leader at this place, um, and then the population either goes along with what's going to happen. Or they're they're eradicated because but, that's yeah, but, the, the, the but there's no population are, left. Yeah, like, and the, yeah, the, the difference is, the difference is Rome is like you eliminate that so they don't spread themselves. Nebraska's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. It's not like everybody in Omaha is like, man, we can't wait to get out of these gates. They're stuck in there. They're not doing anything. So I agree with Russ as far as what is the what is the ultimate goal here? Because it's not like they're going to suddenly spread yeah, out their city uh-huh. and have all these amazing things happen. Like what what is what is we what are we going to get out of this? So I, I do I agree. I want to see what the show has in store that justifies why Julio Ormond of Chocolat is going to somehow like <laughs> make a make a huge deal out of wiping out civil the small civilizations that still exist. And and if and if that's the re, like. Then why go through the whole bit of like? Yeah, why not just show up and kill him? Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, why not just show up and do it? Like, why? If, why if why go through all the theatrics? For, if there's one person you're looking for because they're like, oh, where's the girl who I assume is Iris? Um, it's like just grab her and kill everybody and go. Like, why or, the whole rigmarole? Hey, we're come to take you to your father. Like, come with us. Yeah, you know? no, yeah like, exactly. Or, yeah. Well, 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 wait a minute. Look at the other way. Okay, there's like four kids, right? They're going to try to walk. They're going to travel 1100 miles to upstate new york what are they gonna do when they get there break into a government facility unarmed by themselves and break out their father i mean yeah they don't even know what to that's what i was like i was like all right i get it they want to say what are they but no i mean what are they gonna do in it what's what's their goal but, you know i mean what, what is their that's, best that's the other issue i had julio mon gives her like a map or whatever it's like your father's over here right. and then presume like unless i'm wrong She's the one that she wants, and these, and, but she sends her off on this mission to do this thing. Like well, I, but but then after this, she finds out she got away. Julia Ormond's like, good. And it, you know? Okay, no, I mean it's just all right. But doesn't she, she even say like, you wanted her to get away? She, you wanted she, her to get away? You didn't yeah, because she away. gave them the map. But she gives them the right, map, exactly. but then she says, doesn't she even say like it's the location isn't pinpointed on here? Like. This is a generic idea. You're totally right. But I, so it's like, okay, you're going to just randomly go to some area on a small map in upstate New York and just what? Wander around. Just start going building <laughs> to building. Across, yeah, they're going go, you know, to do like the last miles. of us. They're going to go on the last of us, get on a horse and just go to each building until they're you know checked out and go to the next building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the show has kind of made a habit of like, hey, people traveling in this direction just happen to come across themselves, even though you could take, you know, one of 360 degrees of, of, of rotation in your, in your travel. Yet you, you know, you seem to, to constantly come across people, but I, I don't know. It just, it just felt like I'm not real big on the whole, like, um, main character narrating either. Like, I hope it's been done. The, 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 yeah. I just, uh, there's a lot of her thoughts on display where it's like, just show me, <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many, and they tend to do that. A lot of shows and stuff tend to do that when it's kids, you know, when it's teenagers. Yeah, and I just, I just hope it just doesn't turn into like 
okay, this is their journey across the country, and it's just them constantly getting into. I, I, it just seems yeah. to me like this uh, is just going to be very cliched. It's going to be like, oh, this it's is already that way. Yeah, where they come across a you know a, a random group of bad people, and then oh, this is the one where one of them you know goes to pee in the woods, and you know comes across a walker, and you know gets this, lost. This is the one where he's not eating. This is the one where he gets caught drinking. This is the one where he's mm-hmm. out partying too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hate I, to be overly the... critical and overly negative, but. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you're not alone. I mean, for one thing, the busters aren't going to reflect, you know, anything much stronger than what we're saying. But also, I mean, reviews in general, it's not like we're I, I get that the show wants to be this kind of we need it. We're targeting a younger demographic. But at the same time, it's like treat them with respect, too, as far as the yeah. writing goes. Like there's a yeah. lot of inorganic stuff happening as far as how these characters communicate with each other, let alone just store a storyline that just seems over crammed with stuff, which I hope gets evened out. But and it feels like, like they don't trust the actors. They they hired and it, to, to be to, like to work. be fair to that like people grow into their parts i mean i i understand that i can see them you know getting no better i as get they it but, along, I, but i it feels like they don't trust their actors at all for this uh-huh. thing the way that they're pretty much by the numbers i'm curious to see what happens with episode two because yeah we kind of talked about it earlier but there there is sometimes when you go back and look at shows and when you watch the pilot in the second episode and you really pay attention, like Mm -hmm. you can tell like, okay, something happened between these two things. Like, you know, that there's, you know, a period of time elapsed, um, you know, writing changes and stuff. So I'm really curious to see like specifically like Annette Mahendry's character. Like I'm curious to see if by episode two, like it doesn't like she's suddenly, you know, more a little more natural in the role than in this pilot. Like, I, you know, I'm I'm just curious to see to see what happens with episode two and three to see if again, if it's if they shot the pilot well in advance and then they they were able to kind of make some changes and, and adjustments. But you know, I I don't like the you know it's the 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 one character Hope has like the largest the world's largest chip on her shoulder and mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know I hope that that goes away from so let me let me let me pivot to something that may seem like it's coming out of left field but um have you guys watched the netwix the netwix the <laughs> netflix show away yes which, which I, I did. That? the so, shuttle yeah it's so the the trip to mars right to mars yeah oh yeah and i so, gotta watch that one i, I, I have fun watching shows <laughs> yeah i mean i watch so many of these shows so <laughs> extremely mild spoiler it doesn't really give anything away but when that show the first episode of that show Mm -hmm. it started with the whole like these are elite astronauts you know meant to be on a mission where they're Mm. you know together for months at a time and right away it starts as oh they don't trust each other and this one you know has an agenda for this only the russian and the chinese yeah and 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 i'm like man if it's 10 episodes of this like yeah it's really gonna take me out of the show and it wasn't like a no. spoiler. It wasn't. And it so, wasn't. But like, I, I had that exact same thought as far as how did the, in a real world, how would these people have qualified to get this far to begin with? It exactly. did like make you ask day. that question. It, it, many exactly. times. I liked it though. Dude. I liked no, it. No, it was I, fantastic. I think we all like it overall, but yeah, but I think it, it, but it, even the stuff that was bad. I had fun. We, uh, I was watching had, someone else. It, I had fun laughing about it. It had to manufacture some character dynamics. Yeah. Like early on to like create drama. And it just didn't feel like good drama right away. Right. It's like, 
are these people this angry at each other? <laughs> yeah, it, it just it takes me out of it because I, it's like, you know, when it comes to this thing and NASA and everything else, it's like multiple redundancies. It's a well-oiled machine like they would have, mm-hmm. you know, gone through all the psychological, you know, non you know, stuff uh-huh. you know, to be anyway. So I was like, OK, if we if this is 10 episodes of people plotting against each other and everything else, like I'm going to really dislike the show. Um, and, and so to, to kind of get back to to The Walking Dead, I'm hoping that, OK, this is just our intro into some of these characters where they have these hard edges. And and if they start to, to get smoothed out mm-hmm. and and start to grow, then I think that's going to help a lot for me in my journey with the show. But if, if we're sitting at, you know, season, you know, end of the season and this hope character is pretty much acting the same way she does at the beginning. Like to me, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so overdramatic. Like it's, it's yeah. just, it's just like, at the, you, I mean, they are teens. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be dramatic. <laughs> sure. But, but I know, but I know what you're, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but the, I'm more like you. You mentioned like, is it going to be? Is there going to be a significant difference between the first and second episodes? I'm more curious if the first two episodes play as a whole because we know that this was going to premiere on its own originally, right? Oh right, yeah. Like, uh, true. The, true. the Walking Dead premiering like this was an anomaly, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious if it like, especially because nothing really happens in this episode as far as a walk, uh, as far as a zombie themed TV series goes. So I'm wondering if they played this and the second episode back to back next week has, you know, like insane zombie action taking place that would have been a better bookend to the you know series premiere of the show you know what i'm saying right yeah yeah yeah. i'm curious that that flow is more in line with what was going to happen it's the same director for both both episodes too by the way for this first and second episode they're gonna laugh they're gonna love (laughs) and they're gonna learn a little something about themselves (laughs) i'd wish that they were put in detention for like a day yeah, and we got the whole thing like Saturday she gets busted yeah. for, to have you know, with like making all that liquor for moonshining yeah. for moonshining. Yeah. And then it, they make it sound like, oh, you did this terrible thing. Like there's these consequences. And it's like, no, she just no. got like let out. And everybody is like, yeah, she's so smart because she is able to make champagne. Like, I, I don't I don't know. It, it, it it's uh, her brother's the cop. Yeah, I mean. I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was I, I, I and maybe this will be, you know, the the journey and where the in like I said, once this thing gets going, maybe maybe it, it kind of turns around and maybe there's a compelling reason for the villain to be the villain. Um, but I just I just wasn't really feeling it under so my um, under my review. Someone wrote underwhelming. And uh, that's a good summation. Yeah, I think I of think the episode. Yeah, it's underwhelming. Kinda. And just to be petty about it, I can't stand that theme song. <laughs> it so annoyed me. I think it was just the song of the episode. I'll be curious what they. I hope that's not the the title thing. treatment beyond just yeah. the showing the yeah. beyond title. Hey, <laughs> with that close up Easy Street. Did you see the one thing when she visited her mother's grave and it it gave the her birthday and then for the date of death it said ns nsf yeah what was that nerf gun yeah. night the sky <laughs> night, oh maybe night the sky fell yeah no that's good Rich. i assume that's what it was yeah that makes and then i'm also assuming that they've either created a new system of how they date dates beyond that or 
that's just the end of the calendar. It could be. That's a, Mm. Or maybe that's to designate like, hey, this is somebody that died, like in, in the, in the initial happening. that event, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, that might be it. Mm. Versus, yeah, no, that's unless good. they created like a new religion and added, you know, ACC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing that that came up is so there's there's a big so there's you know th- again the three circles right so I'm assuming it's because of the three there, there's the Omaha the mm-hmm. Portland and then um, and then the the Civic Republic, Republic, which is the third, the one that definitely doesn't sound evil whatsoever. Yes, no. exactly. <laughs> These two are named after real places. This one is the very Civic named. Republic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Here's yes, here's does. one part that really annoyed me. So you got Iris, who's like the goody two shoes of the entire like center, right? Like everyone, right. you know, she's the good girl. She does everything right and everything. She gives, mm-hmm. she has to give this speech, which is a very weird thing for like, you know, mem- or like more a day of mourning. It's like let's have the valid Victorian give a speech right now. Yeah. And um, and so she starts giving this. She she doesn't give the speech. Right? She does the whole. Let me look at my cards that I wrote for like hours at a time and put them completely down so I can improv something real quick. She does that yeah. move, and her move is. I'm going to start saying something cool, and then I'm going to go immediately to horribly vilifying the person sitting next to me that has, like, armed yeah, guards. Yeah, that was weird. And, and everyone else that's in charge of this place is just like, I guess we just let her keep talking? Like, I was no like, one stopped her. Yeah. I kept waiting to see. Like, and no one said anything. <laughs> it's like, what world is this? It's know. the world beyond, apparently, where this is allowed. It's crazy. <laughs> It was just a silly scene. It was a silly scene. Like, okay. So, so I think we've kind of like, uh, yeah, I think we've kind of picked this, picked picked this one to death. I mean, I don't know that. I mean, unless you guys yeah. particularly want to, I don't know that we need to walk through the. No, I think we got our thoughts up there. Plot. I think we're, uh, I think we're there. We have nine more weeks to do a more succinct show, <laughs> recap of this thing along with. Yeah, I don't like those stupid sticks either. They're just dumb. No, I thought those were cool, actually. So You just don't get the show, Russ. <laughs> All right, so now that we've uh, given the show a proper uh, analysis, uh, <laughs> let's, do our, uh, let's do our ratings. I'll go first. Uh, so Silas, is that, is that what we've... we've, we've oh, yeah, we're now going to Silas. Lit on Silas's. I will give it three Silas's. So... Um, as, as much as I was kind of, you know, very critical of it, I am curious to see um, something set further west and north in a different area with a different set of characters um, and just learning more about this civic republic that we've seen pop up in the other shows um, has me a bit intrigued. So um, I am cautiously optimistic that things will improve from here. Daryl? Uh, wonderful show. <laughs> I have to give it a high two for this episode. I I just didn't. It didn't didn't hold me at all. I I yeah. I just thought it was just underwhelming. So I have to give it a two. I don't until the next episode or if this was a two hour pilot till the third. I'll give it you know to the third or fourth episode to kind of see where the show really is going to go. Excellent. Jim? 
I will echo the sentiments of my brother Daryl Taylor and give it also a two. Um, very tropey, nothing, uh, just stuff full, stuff full of storyline, plots, and exposition. Really suffered a lot from pilotitis. I hope that there's some better direction the show is going because the direction it's showing me now, I'm not really wanting to go much like uh, Padme. It's a path I dare not follow. <laughs> um, but I give it a two. Rich? Well, like I had said before, I think this show has potential. I think the premise is a decent idea, and there could be some really good things that come from it, but they sure didn't showcase it here. And all in all, I mean, the pilotitis, yes, definitely. The fact that, um, I can't remember her name, but the actress playing Iris, it felt like she was, like, reading the lines, not delivering them. Aaliyah Royale. Yeah, she, I, 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 I don't know if that was direction or the fact that there's so much packed in for her to say. I don't know what it was, but she was not convincing in any way. And even when she gave that speech, I was just like, not, I, I don't know. She, it, it was very, she felt very cheap in the way she delivered the lines. Um, whereas the sister, uh, Hope, I think that she was the one out of all of the kids that I actually felt was a compelling character in some way. Um, so, I mean, it had some merits to it, but, but overall, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't even know if I want to give it a rating because I feel like it's incomplete. Like I do need to get episode two, but if you were to hold me at, at the business end of a switchblade nightstick, oh. I'd have to give it uh, probably two like Daryl. And that's, that's kind of a gracious two. Aaron. I mean, if you want me to rate the like, I, I agree with with Rich uh, a lot as far as yeah the prep you know as far as setting something up like this. There's a great idea here, but I'm not here to rate the idea. I'm here to rate the episode, and yeah, I didn't really like the episode that much, though I didn't hate it. It just kind of like sits here and's like, all right, there's more of this coming now. So it's like yeah, two two I guess like it's it's not a very good episode of television it, it has a lot of things going on but it doesn't cohere in a way that made me i i was i was having difficulty watching this episode where it's just like okay i know what you're trying to do but everything seems like the wrong choice like the wrong edit the wrong whatever the wrong mm-hmm. delivery and it just kept bothering me that way so i look i want to i want to see another episode and see that it improves from here as far as now we're on the main journey but for the time being if i'm looking at just this episode it's not that great it's underwhelming like we said so like two all right. What did the uh, the Facebooks have to say, Mr. Jim Dietz? They loved it. Everyone raved. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, we had a few people chime in with their Silas's. I don't know if I like the ring of that. We'll think of something else. <clears throat> Kevin Berry wrote in, episode one played out like a lot of pilots with a lot crammed in the episode to set things up. But I appreciate that they are already out in the world and by the end... Uh, I think the best part of the series will be seeing more of the world and how are the communities been impacted by the CRM since it was established. I shall save my official ratings until I get three episodes in and the story comes out a little bit more. But when hell that gun at the end of a switchblade stick by our own Aaron Newarth, um, <laughs> he ended up giving it a 2.5 busters out of five. 
Steve Freeman wrote in, found it less than compelling. Do not plan on watching future episodes. Okay. Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, I take it back about your beer, buddy. You drink whatever you like. 2.5 is the young kid in the corduroy suit, the young version of Eugene out of five. I was thinking he was auditioning for Professor Plum in the new Clue movie, maybe. I'm not going to lie, but half an hour in, I was ready to turn it off. But I persisted with it and got to say the last 20 minutes were an improvement. I'm going to give it a chance over the next few episodes before I make my final judgment over whether it's worth my time or not. Brent Jones chimed in. Glad they sped through the episode and got them on the road. The last five minutes were very intriguing. What in the world did they do that for? Three out of five. And Yukiyoshi Sawada, once again. Ten, crazy college campus keggers out of ten. I don't want to be late, so I'll do an untraditional, okay? She was the first named Walker. Okay. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I like the characters instantly, especially the kid who sneaks out. Cannot remember his name, so for now I'll call him Gumball, since I think that's who the kid voiced, right? Uh, I don't know. My kids love Gumball, though. I'll have to check it out. Uh, we finally get to see a glimpse of the CRM, and yeah, not good, eh? Soon as Gimbal men- mentioned his mom was pregnant when she died, I knew this was going to be when- where this was going, and glad they didn't play it out for us viewers. So who is Elizabeth's daughter, Anne? The woman, Almet, Virginia, some other fourth woman? And now two facts. One, this episode was originally filmed twice, the latter being an improved version. Three. Additionally, the original pilot was considered to be faster-paced, and Julie Ormond's character Elizabeth had not yet been introduced into the story. Two. This episode has the most human deaths of any other episode in the history of the Walking Dead franchise, with at least 9,671 confirmed deaths, with 9,655 campus colonists killed, the other being two Portland zoners, two Omaha zoners, plus flashback deaths. Kempai. I do want to say I, I've been seeing on the interwebs the theory that Elizabeth's daughter is um, the girl that Al meets with the helicopter in Fear. I mean, oh, from from Fear? Yeah. Hmm. I can't. Yeah, I, whatever. Name. If you want to throw in some interconnectivity, like sure, but it's just I'm not keeping track of that. <laughs> would, I have no idea what that connection, why it would be, but that's the theories that prevalent on the intertubes. I mean, it just seems like these things come out of, well, there's a helicopter and they have, a you know, three circles, so therefore it is. Like, it's just, okay. Sure. Yeah. If you want to see it, yeah. okay. You read it on, we got we got this covered. Now. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's I hear true. Spider-Man lives in the Commonwealth. Um, I heard we're going to get all three of the old Spider-Man together in a new movie. Yeah. I also think we're getting a Sinister Six. That's the Busters, please, uh, and thank you. We enjoy your uh, comments in the, in the group. Give us your Busters and your Silas's all the time, because we enjoy reading and we enjoy hearing from you. There's a bunch of fun stuff we talk about in the group, too. We had a nice uh, flashback to Dawn of the Dead this week. and Of course, you can read Aaron's full reviews at WeLiveEntertainment.com, and there are links to those in the Facebook group as well. So, by all means, Indeed. check it out. Indeed. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging with us for this lengthy episode. Uh, Mr. Newarth, where can folks find you on the internets? Oh, 
I'm in places, all right. You can find everything I do at my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. All I do ends up over there. I'm also writing film reviews at We Live Entertainment, along with our, my reviews of The Walking Dead. And I'm writing on Wise the Blue for Blu-ray reviews, and I'm on Variety occasionally doing filmmaker interviews. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Soon to be Aaron's PS5? Uh-huh. I mean, you can check it. I have it. <laughs> I like, I, I, I've had four long enough where I like how it sounds, so it's like I'm not super willing to just jump over to it, but I could if I wanted to because I claimed it in advance. <laughs> so, wow. Smart move, my friend. How many have you claimed in advance? We, want to know we've the been doing this podcast long <laughs> enough that I remember when you made the jump from Aaron's PS3 to Aaron's PS4. I, I remember wow. I remember that too. Here we are again, my friend. Aaron's. <laughs> no, I, I I invite one of our listeners to go and get Aaron's PS6 just to get ahead of it. <laughs> Snipe it, uh, Jim Deeds. Uh, where can folks find you? Well, funny you should ask. Every week I'm on with uh, our friend Daryl Taylor over here and Mr. Donnie Salvo on Nothing's On with our own knuckleheaded fun look at the week in entertainment movie news, plus a bunch of emails, plus a bunch of stuff we watch during the week. That's every week. Uh, also, every week, you can catch me on the Brandon Peters Show at thebrandonpetersshow.com. Also available on iTunes and all those other places. We're doing a show called The Old Space Show. We're going through Space 1999, episode by episode. It's the most beige of 70s futures. I definitely recommend you listen, because it's been pretty fun so far. Um, and, of course, here on the HHW LOD network on various and sundry things. On the interwebs, at all the socials, at ChubToad01. Mr. Taylor. Uh, you can find me on uh, the Twitters at the voice 123 uh, You can find uh, all the podcasts that are on the Taylor network, um, such as Nothing's On, Jim Mentioned, Gotham by Geeks. Uh, Culture Trapping, DC All-Stars, uh, Mighty Marvel Podcast. Uh, oh, and uh, the Players Club that uh, Daryl and Russ were both on last episode. And the Players Club. The new Mar- yeah, that Marvel Avengers uh, game. That was a good episode. Yeah, and it's yeah. on the Nothing's On uh, feed. So you can find all that stuff on Amazon Music, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, which will turn into something else, but it'll be on there, too. And... Uh, of course, on the website, Taylor Network of Podcasts. Cool. And you can find me here at HHWLOD on this very podcast, um, as well as, like Mr. Taylor mentioned, the Gotham by Geeks podcast, where we talk all things Batman um, on a mostly weekly basis. Cool. Well, thanks, everyone, for hanging in there. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, since we're back to regular uh, episode airings, at least for the foreseeable future, we'll be back on a regular schedule uh, once again. Um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And until there's no more room in hell and a dead walk the earth, let's leave tomorrow's problems for tomorrow.
Yeah. 